tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. Awesome. Well, Welcome, everyone. <laughs> this is this is episode 51. So we actually no. crossed our, our episode 50 threshold. At least that's what... So I could be wrong. No. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong? No, no, no. You're totally wrong because it's it's counting how many podcasts we've released, but there's a couple sound offs in there, and there's some other ones that are in there that I that haven't been like issued yet. Oh, okay. So all right. Why, all right. Yeah. So it's not just the daily show. All right. We have to no. we we'll to figure how how to better track that. But anyway, we're close. We, we're close. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but regardless, so you, you mentioned the sound off. So episode three of Sound yeah. Off is officially out today. So excited about that. Um, so sound off with Kevin Williams. He's got his thoughts oh. and we've been recording a couple of others. Very excited about some of the content we have coming out over the next few weeks with him as well. Oh, those shows are so good. Uh, just just talking to him and having the insights that he has and kind of peeking to in his brain a little bit. I feel like we're just learning so much from him. So yeah, so excited to be launching those out to the community. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And speaking of Kevin Williams, we have our first third degree coming out. So the third degree is focused around interviewing professionals in this industry, people who've been involved in this industry for a long time, have a lot of history here. And so Kevin Williams is our first third degree guest. And we've actually just recorded our other third degree guest, which we'll announce a little mm-hmm. bit later, earlier this week. Um, and that'll come out in two weeks from this Thursday. And um, But speaking of industry professionals, I wonder, <laughs> we, we talked to Kevin did Kevin work at McDonald's in the past? I don't know if he did, but I think he's just well, a crazy stat. There's a one in eight chance that he has. <laughs> well, apparently that's that's only if he lived in the US. But okay, this yeah, is nuts, true. you guys. This is absolutely nuts. McDonald's is launching a new initiative called the one in eight to celebrate all of their workers because they've done a study and like this is actually verified, bonafide, true data study where one in eight Americans have worked at McDonald's at some point in their life. That's one in eight. That is insane. So as McDonald's does, they decide to make a big deal out of it, which I think is wonderful. Um, highlighting former workers and then, you know, they built this super cool campaign around it. So let's just take a peek here. I have a video. Let's watch this campaign in action. Um, all righty, Christine. You're rolling. I mean, I was, thinking, I was running the rough numbers. I mean, that's roughly, that's over 30 million people. Believe it or not, one in eight people. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. I've worked at a McDonald's. All entrusted with the world's most famous fries, day one, with the power to make oh, more kids' days than anyone else. <gasps> Who's seen a person running late meal? Have a great day. Celebration oh, meal. Okay. Pre-game meal and post-game meal. And know that no matter how long you've been here, <laughs> no two days at McDonald's are the same. One in eight also know that a job with hours that work around your life means more time for your life. Who can tell me about the booth? That what you put in here, you get out. And the communication, flexibility, and precision you learn here are skills you'll always have that you can grow from here or Keep growing here. Where you start stays with you. And one in eight start at McDonald's. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. I love, love, love the messaging though. In in like mm-hmm. that is a phenomenal recruiting video sure. for McDonald's. 
Um, yeah, mm-hmm. great recruiting video and a recruiting video, frankly, we should have for our industry. Oh, I think so too. I agree. I mean, when you think about that, like how many former employees do you have at your centers, you know, that are, you know, proud to be associated with the fact that you were their first job, you know, Um, and that's where they kind of launched off from. It it was amazing. I was actually even searching on LinkedIn today for other reasons. And I saw some of my old employees, like one's become a clinical psychologist, one's doing something in the airline industry, somebody has kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's nuts. Somebody has kids. (laughs) Like they could be bringing their kids back to our facility and having fun. Like it's it's really cool. So I'm, you know, our staff are important. Culture is important. Um, Well done, McDonald's. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, shifting, I guess, away from McDonald's, uh, I no really good transition. So we're just going to jump right into it. Valomotion. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Valomotion uh, released their latest game for Valo Jump yesterday, and it is called Mind Time. So, um, you know, we're all, some of you may or may not be familiar with Valomotion. We've talked about them before. Their Valo Jump game um, or system is basically a, uh, a body tracking camera that then lays that person's image into a game on some screens that are right next to some trampolines. And so, um, and so the, the uh, mind time, I'll just read it a little bit. Here's a casual puzzle mining adventure for players aged four and up. It takes players into a maze of ancient treasure filled caves. The game revolves around stomping at a grid of blocks with special blocks like bombs and power-ups, which add further strategy and excitement to the experience. So they're kind of explorers they are investigating ancient caves and they've got a little YouTube video here. We're not going to watch the whole thing, but cause I, but I fast forwarded to right in the middle where, um, you know, it actually makes sense to, to, to pick it up here. So, um, Oh, I shared the wrong screen here. Just a quick second here and I'll do it. But in the meantime, what I liked about the, what I really liked about, uh, this idea of value jump in general, you know, before when they first came out of the, came out with this, this concept, it was focused on being retrofitting in a, a trampoline park. So coming in and saying, all right, I've already got the trampoline park. I'm going to drop these screens into in between a couple of my trampolines and add an interactive component. Or when they had their Valo climb, I've got these climbing walls. I'm going to do some projection mapping on the climbing walls. And now I've retrofitted it, added additional attraction that can drive revenue in an immersive experience on my climbing wall. But when you really, really look at what you can do with this mind time, this is an attraction that could be dropped in to any LBE venue or any FEC. It doesn't have to be a pre-existing trampoline park where you've got trampolines. You drop in a couple of screens, a couple of trampolines on an elevated platform, and now you've got a really cool immersive experience uh, that allows people to do group play, you know, you know, compete one-on-one, head-to-head, or just play on their own. So I'll go ahead and share my uh, little video here. And we'll just get it started. Uh, we'll back it up right here. So this is some of the... So as you can see, more and more and more of just uh, you know the same kind of stuff, but like it's it's like one of those crazy, wacky, really like visually stimulating mobile video, you know, mobile games. Like I'm going to play on my mobile phone or my smartphone, uh, but I'm jumping to stomp yeah. on them instead. 
Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I think that's awesome. I wonder if they'll ever have a home version that'll come out. You know, you'll have a little rebounder, those tiny little trampolines at home, and you can be jumping on that, getting some exercise. Like, those things are great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Xbox for a long time, right? They had their, they had that motion tracking camera and system that you yeah, could put in right. front of, in front of your, you know, the, and I haven't, I don't have an Xbox, so I, that may or may not even be part of the game console anymore, but that, that type of game, I'm sure, could have existed for, for the Xbox mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's super cool. I love it. I love the application of that for sure. Um, so moving right along, <laughs> again, week on the transitions today, <laughs> but salad bots. Okay, we've been talking a lot about robots lately, like last episode, or uh, was that on Friday that we were talking about how Disney came out with the little robots that are so cute that you just want to take one home with you? Oh my God. Um, well, now they've got these salad bots, and I thought these were so interesting. Now I've got a couple pictures I can share. So this is a picture of a salad bot and apparently it's moving down a conveyor line and dropping items in through these tubes. Um, this is a company called Sweet Greens that's developed this robot that's being used in Chipotle right now in kind of like a test drive situation. And what Chipotle has found that this they, these these robots can make a bowl in less than five minutes while it takes a person 15 minutes to make the bowl. Um, now here, I'm going to stop sharing this and I'm going to share my... Um, my video on my screen and show you another robot, which I think is so fascinating. Oh, let's go. Which, which may or may not be the same robot from Chipotle. We're not, not really sure. Like the two pictures seem contradictory, the the video and the picture, but they were in the part of the same article. So who knows? Right. So, but this does seem to be, this is really interesting. This does seem to be more of the, I, I could see that this being a robot and holding it's, it's holding a dish and it's kind of moving around as toppings and things are being dropped into an actual bowl here, which is pretty interesting. Now, what Chipotle's found in their test drive, and this is, this is the really crucial thing, is that normally during a lunch rush, they need seven to nine people um, manning and making bowls. With this bad boy, with this robot, they're down to one to two people along with the salad guy to make bowls, which is a huge cut in staffing. That's huge, huge cut. <laughs> That, that's a massive cut in staffing. And then when I think there's two other things here, I think that are really interesting. The first one is from a hygiene sanitization and just food waste yes. standpoint, you, you don't have all this food, just open air, open air touching, like worried about salmonella or other, other things or food mixing together. And now all of a sudden you've got like olives mixed in with your, you know, your green bell peppers or whatever. And not I know people are putting olives on their uh, Chipotle salad bowls, but you know, you've got, you don't have that. Secondly, you also have perfectly even portions. Like I've been in the uh, oh, the yeah. bowl, like the Chipotle bowl line, where I asked for some chicken, and that 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 scoop. I'm not I'm not complaining, but that scoop of chicken is like heaping full of chicken, and the corn mm-hmm. is heaping. Like the portion sizes are massive. And this allows them to control their costs as well from a portion size standpoint. Yeah, that, that's so true. And it actually, it, it maintains customer satisfaction. Like I, I get exactly what you're saying. I'm like, oh, I want him to help me because I know every time he scoops that meat for me, I'm on getting a heaping spoonful where she like, she's like following company rules, right? So, I mean, if that didn't exist, then that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, also looking forward to finding out how that pilot program, that beta program goes. Yeah. When I, if I happen to see one in the mine nearby Chipotle, I'll certainly let everybody know here because um, you know, I want to I want to see it in action. Uh, well, so something else that you get to experience in action are immersive art experiences. How was that for a transition? That's a little better? 
A little better. So all right. Okay. Not really. Well it's done. terrible. Well done. You get a check. Um, you get a star right. today. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, so uh, Blue Loop recently put out a really good article. I'm going to put the long, long URL down here. Um, it's but just go to blueloop.com or search Blue Loop Immersive Art Experiences directory or list. But they did a really in-depth article where they broke down as exhaustively as I think they were able to identify in alphabetical order, the different immersive art experiences that are out there. And so if you're looking to add an immersive art installation or component to your LBE venue, this is a great resource to go and say, all right, where can I go and experience some of these? Or if you're just a fan in general, of the immersive art experience, um, this is a great thing. Obviously a lot of the Meow Wolf stuff is there, the blue sky is in there and they have a number of others that, that are um, come up and coming. Um, but uh, it was a pretty exhaustive list and a number of them that I had never seen before. And uh, I thought about trying to capture some of the different pictures and put them up here, but it really doesn't, uh, you know, it's best to just go to Blue Loop and, and read that article um, if that's something that you're interested in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally, totally. Yeah, it was great. It had a really fun list of uh, a lot of different things that I'd actually never seen before either. So mm-hmm. it was good insight. Yep. Um, so maybe not speaking about immersive, but more entertainment and um interactive. <laughs> we have um, a, a little company I found called the Museum of Illusions. Now, obviously, they're not a very little company because they've been around for a while and there's quite a few locations, but um, I thought they were just really cool. So what these guys do, oh, let me go back in my slides here. So I'm going to start with the right one for you guys. Um, add this to the screen, is this museum is um, it's a museum. They call themselves a museum, but it, to me, it's more like an interactive space. It looks super fun. They have a whole bunch of these different rooms where you can go in and you can like you obviously these people are laying and they're taking pictures and creates this illusion to look like they're actually climbing a wall or hanging from things when they're not. Um, and then they also have some other things in here like um, different kind of illusions like head on a platter. How does that happen? Well, that one seems a little bit straightforward. I think I know how that works. <laughs> um, but they had some other ones like the reverse room, which looks super cool. Uh, the cloning table, um, the bouchette chair. Hopefully I'm saying that right. <laughs> Where kids instantly outgrow their parents. I think this looks super fun and cool. Um, but all these exhibits really are kind of teaching you that nothing is quite ever as it seems. And it uses your senses to trick and your maze your mind and do these different things, which is super cool. But what I really liked about this business is that they don't just, you know, it's not just a museum. They offer school trips. They have events. They have birthday there, birthday parties there. And they also have a really awesome um, store at the end with some really cool swag in it, which kind of is works into all the things that um, you've been walking around in the museum and seeing that day. So um, super cool. I uh, thought it was a neat stop. And if you like it, actually, um, they franchise. So you could buy a franchise in your local market and uh, open one up. Yeah, this is uh, it's it's one of these that I've I've always wanted to go into. I've been in a couple of different like optical illusion um, selfie rooms before where, you know, like I think just like a ripoff of Museum Illusions probably. Um, and they've been super fun, but they're definitely something you only go with groups. Like I, they have one at Icon Park in Orlando. And, uh, and so, you know, obviously if you're going to IAPA Expo, you'll be able to check it out if you want to, but it's one of those things where I'm never in Orlando or very rarely with other people. So mm. this is not something that I, this is like a typical museum I would go into on my own. This is definitely not one of those types of museums that I would feel comfortable going on my own because like, I wouldn't be able to take the selfies and do everything else that, uh, you know, would make it fun. Yeah. I almost wonder, like, would they have a place where you can put your camera and like time it so you can press it and then run, you know what I mean? And get your you know, get into place and you've got your 10 seconds to kind of take your picture. Like I'd hope that they would set things up like that if it's all around taking photographs and getting the right angles. 
Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, especially if you're with a big group and you want to get your whole group in the picture, that would be, and I'm sure they have staff. Like the one that I went to before had staff that were there and offered to take pictures for mm. for the group. So they might have that as well. It also might've been because we were being you know, given a tour. So maybe there was just extra staff that was there for the tour. Um, but anyway, I'm also like the word museum has been like, I think thrown out, like, I'm not sure what that, that title, what that, what that definition really means anymore because you have the museum of illusions, right? Again, which is like, is it really a museum? Am I getting the same type of experience? You have the city museum, which is one of my favorite museums of all time. And actually one of my favorite venues of all time in St. Louis, which is absolutely phenomenal and would not classify as a museum from my perspective. So, and then you also have this, this other company that has just is opening this Friday in Memphis, Tennessee, and they're called the they're called Amuse the Adventure Museum, and again, it's it, like they are you know basically there's 35 rooms, each room has multiple levels, and it's really meant to be immersed. It's like basically they're they're like mini adventure rooms, adventure games. Like we've talked about a couple of these in the past, um, Time Mission, uh, Activate, uh, Bam Kazam. Like these are all sort of in that same uh, the same venue or same realm. And uh, I'll go ahead and, and share my screen here just so you can see a little bit of what that experience looks like. Um, but, you know, basically you're going into the room. Each room takes around, you know, between two to five minutes. Uh, if you can solve it, two to five minutes to solve. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't. So you have to go back out of the room and then go back in. And each one is a different experience. And these are actually brought by the same guys who are the same founders who were behind the Memphis escape rooms. They have two other locations that are specifically you know, more classic escape games. And they went and they've created these um, interactive rooms. But again, nothing about this says museum to me. So I, I just don't understand what that word means anymore. But this looks like a lot of fun. And they are priced around two hour increments. As you can see, very low attended, uh, low, low numbers of attendance. So like very low staffing cost. And they're charging $45 for unlimited room play for two hour increments. So it's then uh, it's $100 if you want to play all day. Um, and they say with a hundred different levels across 35 rooms, you can't even experience it all in one day, even if you're to do an all day pass, like really get through all hundred levels. So definitely encourages repeat play and is a, is a pretty cool concept um, and, and very high margin from a, at least from a staffing cost standpoint. Yeah. Um, it's a really neat concept. I like it. And I was just looking up the definition of museum which I think is interesting. Like, let me just read this to you. The simple definition of a museum is an institution devoted to the procurement, care, study, and display of objects of lasting interest or value, or a place where objects are exhibited, right? Um, which doesn't seem to be like this, but I almost wonder if this place is kind of a play on words with the um, where they're playing with the word muse and not museum because muse uh, is like a person yeah. or personification force that who is the source of inspiration for a creative artist so i almost wonder if it's like you go in and you're the muse within the museum almost because you're like moving around and part of the attraction mm. yeah maybe that's their take on it um i don't know or maybe a muse is their blend of adventure museum together so adventure museum a muse like i, I don't i don't know um, but, um, yeah. So anyway, regardless of the name there, I guess, calling themselves a museum, um, uh, it's a pretty, it looks like a pretty innovative attraction and everything is home built. So they, they designed and developed all of the gameplay, all of the video uh, components, you know, the technology and everything else is done in house with their team that, uh, you know, we're part of the escape rooms too. So you are guaranteed to get a really unique experience there. Yeah. Super fun. Looks awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, that wraps up our daily show for today. And, uh, you know, this is 
CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Bye, guys.